Hello, everyone. This is Jeffrey Miser. I'm an associate professor at the University of Portland in Portland, Oregon, uh, USA. Previously, I was a War College professor at the National Defense University in Washington, D.C. Um, today, I'm going to talk a bit about Ukraine and give sort of my overview of, of where things stand and sort of the big outstanding issues. Talk a bit about the current military situation, the current political situation, and also a bit about U.S. foreign policy and domestic politics. So first, taking on the military situation, uh, you know, judging from a lot of great analysis that's, that's coming out in you know, newspapers and on Twitter and social media, various other places, uh, it seems pretty clear that Russia had, um, their strategy had been to, you know, quickly sort of take Ukraine, to take Kiev, and essentially forced capitulation of the entire political military like structure of Ukraine. This clearly did not happen uh, in the, the northeast of Ukraine, especially around Kyiv. They are, Ukrainians are putting up a, a lot of opposition, successful opposition to Russian forces. There's the famous convoy that's stalled and stopped and not going anywhere. And apparently now being attacked by Ukrainian forces, that convoy was sent to sort of relieve and resupply the, the Russian forces around Kiev, which simply is not working out well for Russia at all. In the south, we have more success. We see more success from Russian forces in that they are advancing. They're taking cities in the south, and they're linking up their forces, seems like, pretty successfully with those that were stationed in the, the Donbass area. This, of course, is a major concern for Ukraine, and it remains to be seen whether whether Ukrainian forces can you know, resist this effectively or stage counterattacks. There's some different opinions about that. Some thinking that, well, Ukraine does have maneuver forces, armored forces that can come in, maybe counterattack, and others saying that's a, a terrible idea because they can, they'll be quite vulnerable to Russian forces if, if they're on the move. So that's definitely an area of concern. Also, um, the, the success in the South raises a question about when and if and how Ukrainian forces will transition from a, a quasi-conventional resistance to more of a protracted war and insurgency-based resistance, and how the forces in you know, arrayed against the opposition Russian force in Donbass, how those Ukrainian forces are going to kind of work with the um, forces that are now holding Kiev and other other cities. So that's a, a I think the big outstanding question for Ukraine is how they're going to make that all work in terms of their military strategy. I think the political situation looks pretty good for Ukraine and for those who are supporting Ukraine. Uh, you recently had a UN General Assembly vote that su was supportive of Ukraine and opposed Russian attacks on Ukraine. Uh, we have Finland and Sweden apparently considering joining NATO. Uh, we have Ukraine and Moldova and Georgia applying for uh, admittance to the European Union. So we see that they're not really, so all the free countries of Europe are essentially line, aligning themselves with Ukraine, with the United States, and with the West and, and the European Union. So we have a, a major turn against Russia, I think, in terms of international opinion and opinion in Europe and the political situation overall. We have uh, the EU and European countries uniting with the United States on sanctions against Russia. We even have China seeming to take some actions that are... Um, supporting the sanctions financially and economically in terms of how they're they're dealing with Russia. Um, 
I think that, you know, in terms of U.S. foreign policy, this also looks looks quite good. Uh, the U.S. looks like it's it's leading. It's leading the the cause for a country that has a lot of international support. So it seems to be you know reflecting, but also enhancing U.S. soft power. Um, and I think that that's also good looking forward. That the, the more the U.S. is united with its European allies, the, the better that looks for U.S. foreign policy and dealing with all sorts of issues from climate change to um, the rise of China, to proliferation, to counterterrorism kind of operations, all these things, the more unified the U.S. is with its European allies, I think all those things become easier. And so I think that that's a very big plus for the United States. I think in terms of you know domestic politics that Biden has gotten seemingly a bump from his handling of the Ukraine crisis and quite a big bump according to some polls. But I think, you know, his from his team's perspective, they have to kind of worry that if things start to go badly in Ukraine and a lot of civilians are being killed and, and Kiev is destroyed and so on, that's going to look pretty bad for his administration. And more and more people are going to be asking, well, what are you going to do? Why didn't you do more? So I think right now he has to really set himself up on those issues and, and prepare the ground for a very likely bad situation to be evolving in, in Ukraine and also come up with, you know, depending upon different circumstances, what what he's going to do, what's what's left sort of in the toolbox that the U.S. can use to push back against Russia. I think the obvious thing there is, will the U.S. start to sanction um, U.S. Ener or Russian energy operations? And that's it for me. That's my six minutes. Thanks, everyone.